You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about Grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. I got to start uh, today. By the way, my name's Tommy. I'm the pastor here. So many new people that I'm getting to meet each week. So um, I've got to make a little confession. I often find it valuable to use your time as my personal confessional platform. So here's today's. Um, Have any of you ever, have you ever, never have I ever, have any of you ever posted something on social media that didn't really represent the reality of the situation that you were in? Anyone ever gone on a vacation or done anything and you posted pictures that made it look like everything was rosy? (laughs) But in reality, there was some trouble. All right, so I I I went on a camp out this weekend. And I posted on Instagram all these pictures, and it looked like I was having the perfect camp out, and it looked like everything was going great, and there was this meal and the scenery and all that kind of stuff. And that was true. That was true, 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 true for about the first six hours of my camp out. Then I got to bedtime, and my air mattress wouldn't inflate. (laughs) First world problems. My air mattress wouldn't inflate, and I was not prepared to sleep on the ground. And the ground is two things. It is cold and it is hard. And so I was scheduled to have two nights in this camp out, 48 hours of solitude and just blah, 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 wonderful stuff. I made it till about four o'clock the next day after I slept three hours, said, forget this, went to Buffalo Wild Wings, sat for an hour and then came home. <laughs> so I just, I feel like I should share the reality. I got down, ate a bunch of wings and came home a complete failure. So I think what I'm going to do after this is post on Instagram the real picture that I took, and of me just exhausted. So. The point is, don't judge your reality by someone else's highlight reel, because it just ain't truth. All right, so um, none of that had anything to do with anything else, but it was interesting. So Genesis, we're still in Genesis. We got like two or three more weeks of this, then I think, then we hit our Easter series, which is crazy. I can't wait. Uh, it's coming fast, but let's, I want to jump into this story today, and this is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Anyone ever heard of this story? You ever heard the story of Abraham and Isaac? Even if you didn't grow up in church, I'm willing to bet that somewhere along the way, you were exposed to what this story was about. But my hope today is, like my hope has been this whole series, that today we hear it with new ears, uh, that we get some new spiritual understanding, and that it actually affects our lives, uh, because that would be amazing if the Bible did that. And so, Let's jump in. Genesis 22. If you got your Bible, open it up. If not, it'll be on the screen. And it says this. Sometime later, meaning after some other things had happened, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Okay, well, that's an interesting request from God. But God says to Abraham, I want you to take, take this son, your only son, and I want you to go sacrifice him. And this is, a, this is a big ask because Abraham loved his son. He'd been begging God for a son. He finally had a son. And then God comes out and does this. And, 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 this, and it starts by saying, sometime later, God tested Abraham. But if you've been reading this with me, God has tested Abraham before, hasn't he? I mean, when God said, hey, take your family and pack up everything and move to this land, I will show you. God was testing Abraham, wasn't he? And Abraham went, and so he, 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 he had faith, and he went, and as soon as he got there and didn't see what he thought he should see, he left. So he had faith followed by failure. 
And that, that's sort of the, the pattern we see in Abraham's life. Because then Abraham trusts God. God tests him again. He says, he says, I will protect you, Abraham. But on the way to Egypt, Abraham turns to his wife and says, hey, listen, I need you to pretend like you're my sister. And it's kind of weird Joe Dirt conversation. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this, but he says that. So it's like he trusts him and then he fails. He trusts him a little bit, but not quite enough, right? It's, it's, it's faith followed by failure. And then, and then God says, all right, Abraham, I need you to trust me again, uh, that I'm going to give you children, that you're going to have more offspring than stars in the skies. I'm going to make a great nation. Abraham trusts him until his wife comes up and says, hey, listen, we're not having kids at the rate I would like to. Why don't you go sleep with my slave? And Abraham's like, if you insist. <laughs> He's like, let me video you asking me to do this, though, because I'm afraid this is going to haunt us later on. And so, and it does. And so he trusts God. He has a little faith, but not enough. He's, it's faith followed by failure. And that is the pattern that we see in Abraham's life of, yes, I trust you, but not really enough to go all the way and do what you want me to do. And so I was reading this, and I was thinking, what if the first time God came to Abraham and said, I want you to leave this place and go to this land, I would show you. Abraham would have said, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Here's what I think would have happened. And this is just my opinion. So take it for what it's worth. But I think we would still read the story of some amazing guy that God did amazing things through, but it wouldn't be Abraham. We'd be reading like father Benjamin or something, but Abraham would just be a footnote in the story because Abraham would have said no when God wanted him to say yes. God is still going to accomplish his will. God was going to, to do amazing things. He's going to do it through someone. And if you never say that big yes, God's still going to do what God's going to do. He's just going to do it for someone other than you. I think that's what I see in the story. And the Bible doesn't exclude the stories of Abraham's failures. Abraham was a man who failed a lot. But the reason Abraham is in the Bible is because eventually he said yes. Eventually Abraham had a big yes. And failure doesn't exclude you from God's plans. You can fail. We're going to see this through Abraham's life and through this story today. You can fail a thousand times. But at some point, if you want to have a big life, if you want to do big things, if you want to have a big faith, there has to be a big yes and it doesn't matter how many times you've failed before, there must be a big yes if you were to experience a big God. I think we're going to see that today in Abraham's story. It takes faith to start the journey. Sometimes it takes even more faith to finish it, especially when things don't go your way, when you don't see what you think you should see. I mean, a lot of you said yes to God, and that took enough faith to change your world. But do you have enough faith to say yes to the thing God wants to use to change the world? Hebrews 10, 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And but my righteous, no one will live by, one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Okay, so what he's saying is there's going to be a day when you won't need faith. There's going to be a day when we all sit next to, to Jesus Christ and we look at him face to face. And on that day, you will not need faith. Like it doesn't take a lot of faith for you to believe that I am sitting here, right? As a matter of fact, if you're having to use faith to believe that I'm sitting here, then you have not yet recovered from whatever you did Friday night. <laughs> I wonder if that's really dummy. I don't know. Like if that takes faith, I'm not judging you, but yee. I'm here, and you know I'm here, and I know you're here, and we're all pretty certain of this, most of us. 
But there's going to be a day when when you're so close to Jesus that it requires no faith to know that you need him. But we're not yet at that day. And between this day and that day, what is required of us is a faith that pushes on. Because there will be a day when you don't need faith, but I'm willing to bet you hadn't had that day yet. Because for many of us, we have had to use our faith. There have been days when we experienced great pain. But God wanted us to continue to believe, and that took faith because you couldn't see on the other side. And there have been days when God wanted you to stay or or God wanted you to go or God wanted you to sacrifice or God wanted you to build or God wanted you to do something. And it took faith because you could not see what God was going to do on the other side. There is a day coming when big faith is not required, but we're not living in that day. When I watch the news, guys, sometimes it takes me big faith to even believe there is a God who still cares because what I see is pain. And so it takes faith. Today, in Hebrews, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is what the ancients, when he says the ancients, he's talking about Abraham and Moses and Noah, that's what they were commended for. There's going to come a day when God is going to ask you for a big yes. So big that you will not be able to see on the other side of it. You won't know what God's going to do. But your experience in this world hinges on your willingness to say yes. Genesis 22, let's jump in the story of Abraham. This is a crazy story too, by the way, if you've never read it. All right, so Genesis 22, 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, big donkey. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offerings, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I go with the boy over there. We will worship and then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for my burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Okay, so they're going to do a sacrifice. You put yourself in the story. They're on the donkey. They're riding. And the son, Abraham's like, hey, son, you want to take a trip? Yeah, dad, that sounds great. You know, let's go. And so they're riding the donkey. And he's like, Abraham's like, we're going to go make a big sacrifice. And, and the kid's like, oh, that sounds great. And then the kid looks around and goes, hey, hey uh, Paul, I don't want to split hairs here. What exactly are we going to sacrifice? And the dad looks at the son and goes, shh how I see it in my mind. It's important that you don't ask any more questions. It's going to get dicey in a minute. Go up the hill. And Abraham says something that I think Abraham believes is true. God is going to provide the lamb for me to sacrifice. Abraham does not want to kill his son. This is not the the, the story of infanticide. This This is not what's going on. Abraham does not want to kill his son. And Abraham is a calculated man. Every story we've seen with Abraham, he has looked around and he has calculated something. When he was going to Egypt or going to the promised land, he gets there and he sees no food. He calculates, so he leaves. When he's going to Egypt, he asks his wife to pretend like she's his sister. He calculates, and they go. And and then the, 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 the whole have a kid thing to the slave, he is calculating. He's not a blind sheep just following God. But something has happened now. He's examined his whole life and he's thinking through life with God and what he's seen and what he knows. And in this moment, he decides, I am going to say yes. 
He has been a man who has stepped forward and stepped back and failed over and over and over. And in this moment, for some reason, I don't know why, Abraham says, I will say yes, even though I cannot see how this could possibly be the way. Genesis 22, 9. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on top of it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from him from heaven and said, Abraham. And don't you know, it says here, don't you know he was like, here I am. Thank you, God. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your one and only son. Abraham looked up and he saw a, a ram in the thicket caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on that mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. There's a song we sing. We're not singing it today because I didn't think of this in time. Um, the song is called Gyra. Y'all know that song? Gyra is not one of those things you get at the Greek store with the lamb meat on it. That's different. Gyra is a name for God that means God will provide. And so in this moment, Abraham now calls God Jireh. He says, God, you are a provider. And the truth is God has always been a provider, but Abraham didn't see it because Abraham never gave a big yes. He could have called God provider when he first left to go to the promised land, but he didn't stay long enough to see God's provision. He could have got, called God provider when he was going to Egypt because God would have protected them, but Abraham didn't allow that to happen, so he didn't see it. He could have called God provider if he had waited to have kids and do it God's way, but he didn't wait, so he didn't see it. It wasn't until Abraham, listen to this, listen to this, please. It wasn't until Abraham said a big yes that Abraham actually met a big God. And this is what so many of us are missing. We have a little Sunday God because we say yes to Sunday. And we have a little mealtime God who every time we pray, there's food in front of us because we say yes to God. But we don't have a big God because we never say yes to the big question. This is why so many of us miss it. This is why students, this is why so many of you will get bored with church. So many of you will walk away because you will never give the big yes that would keep you here in the presence of God. It's why so many of the adults worship with no passion because they've never experienced a God that's actually made their life passionate. It's why so many of us miss the mark and we walk through this life with a small God that's our savior, but he's not our Lord and he's certainly not a king we're willing to submit our whole kingdom to. If you want to experience a big God, there must at some point in your life be a big yes. It's gotta scare you a little bit. It's gotta be sacrificial. It's gotta be stepping out. And the, here's the tricky part. Sometimes we don't even know what the big yes is. It may seem inconsequential in your eyes because we don't get to decide what the big yes is. So what you do is you just start saying yes and boom, one day you'll just get lucky and nail it. But you gotta start somewhere. You gotta begin preparing for the big yes that God wants to place on you. Most of us, will never, ever, ever really get to embrace the song Jaira because we'll never really allow God to be our provider. One great yes in the midst of a thousand failures can change everything. 
One great yes in the midst of a thousand failures can change everything. And it did for Abraham. Genesis twenty-two fifteen. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, I will surely bless you. And I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Y'all remember in chapter 12, God comes to Abraham and says, listen, I promise I'm going to make you a great nation. But it doesn't happen for a while. It doesn't happen until this moment when Abraham actually has his faith tested to the point where Abraham actually believes he has faith. God had a purpose and a promise for Abraham, but Abraham was not ready to receive it until Abraham said yes. And I love this story, and you should love this story. Because so many of us are stuck in Smallville when there is this wide, amazing world that God wants to unleash for us. And we know it. Like, we've got a little faith. We had faith until it happened to us. And we had faith until we didn't see it. And we had faith until God asked for that. And we had faith until we couldn't. And we had faith, and we had faith until our faith made no sense. And then we stopped and we gave up before our God ever became as big as he wanted to be for us. But even today... One yes in the kingdom of God can erase a thousand failures from your story. Y'all know Abraham's name? What was the rich young ruler's name? Nobody knows. You know why? Because he's a footnote in the Bible of a man who failed and never turned around and said yes. And there's a lot of footnotes in the kingdom of God of people that God will go around to do what God wants to do. God wants to bless you. He wants to unlock something on you. But we have to be willing to say yes to something more than our Big Mac and our parking space. And if you don't say yes, God will find someone else. You know, this is, y'all are going to laugh and judge me, but I don't don't care. Um, I used to care, not so much. I'm just out there now. Like, I used to think, and I, th- I, think, I think I believed, I think there was a point where I believed this. Like, God, you know, I'd look out and see the people of grace and be like, God, I bet you're glad I said yes. Look, look what we've done. And, and the more I read the Bible, the more I realize God looks at me and said, you better be glad you said yes. Because I, do- I would have done this with or, with or without you. I would have done this with or without you. But someone else would get your blessing. Someone else would get the joy that you get. Someone else would get the friendships that you have and the relate. I would have done grace with or without you, Tommy, but someone else would have experienced the grace that I wanted to pour out on you. And the day God came to me when I was sitting at that job doing advertising and enjoying the fruits of money, he says, hey, listen, I want you to quit your job and go, go do a church. And I was like, that is the worst idea I've ever heard. I'd rather sleep on the ground without an air mattress than do that. And you know, you know what I realized? you would be sitting here smiling with someone else right now. And I would be in a life that I used to be in with a little faith and a small God that was just big enough to get me to show up to church on Sunday. Guys, I've got a thousand failures, but one yes changed my life. And that can be your story. And that that can be your story. 
Like it doesn't matter what you've done before this moment. What matters is what you do next. And God did something amazing through Abraham. And here's the real kicker. In just just full transparency, you may say yes to something and you do not even see the fruits of it in your lifetime. God may ask you to keep moving or keep going or keep trusting or keep building or keep giving or keep, I don't know, whatever. Keep keeping. I don't know what he's going to ask you to do. But you may never see the fruits. Do y'all know what happens in the next chapter of Genesis? Abraham's wife dies. How's that for blessing? You know what happens the chapter after that? Abraham dies. Well, you know how you see the blessing of Abraham? Read Matthew chapter one. Seriously, go home and do it. If you want to know, if if you're just looking at the outside, they had a couple of kids and they both die. That doesn't appear to be much of a blessing until you read Matthew chapter one. And you read the lineage of the king, Jesus the Christ. And read who's at the top of it. I'll give you a hint. Are you willing to trust God even if you can't see it? Doesn't matter how many times you've said no. The yes you gave God when you prayed that prayer changed your world. The next one might change the whole world. What is God asking you to do? What's he asking you to give? What's he asking you to do? Where's he asking you to go? What's he asking? Will you say yes? If not, God will accomplish his will, but you won't be part of it. And this is the truth, and we all know it. But today's yes could be the one that matters. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.